Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, this morning, we're to continue our series, God and Money. Why talk about God and money? Because God and money are a part of our lives. They shape our lives. And because a relationship with God and money is an opportunity for us to grow in Jesus and share His love. So we've had four or three weeks already into this series. This is our fourth week. And the past three weeks, we've talked a lot about our willingness. That's one of the key words we've used. And this week and next week, we're going to focus on our ability. Really quick, willingness and ability. Willingness means that, you know, we have a desire to do something. You know, we want to do something. Ability means that we have the resources, we have the skills, we have the power to do something. And again, why do we talk about this? Because it's an opportunity for us to grow in Jesus and share his love. Well, we're going to talk about ability this morning means that we're going to talk about something very practical, very practical, you know, theme for us today. This practical theme is something that, you know, some of us may think is very complicated with all kinds of moving parts and numbers, but it really is practical. We're going to talk about budget. I know I saw some of you crunch like this, ah, budget. You know, and others of you are like, oh, yeah, you're salivating. Yeah, you're weird. I'm just kidding. It's okay. I mean, I don't salivate over a budget, um, and I do cringe a little bit, but, I, but I've learned that, you know, a budget is a good thing, and what it is, all kinds of big numbers and moving parts, really, let's just simplify what a budget is. A budget, this is a simple definition of a budget. A budget is a plan. Say that with me. A budget is a plan. That's all that it is. It's a plan. And sometimes we think about budgets, we're like, you know, well, only the people who don't, you know, do really well, they need a budget because they can't figure things out. No, you find out having a plan is a good thing. Sometimes, you know, we think about budgets and we think, you know, not only they complicated, it also means that, especially if you hear it from the pulpit up from front of the church, sometimes you're like, well, I got I to gotta, I gotta live in poverty in order to follow Jesus. No, that's not what we're saying either. You can have, you know, needs and you can have wants, things you want to have, nice things, but we have a plan for those. So again, be very practical. Talk about this thing called a budget, which is a what? It's a plan. And as we talk about that, you know, we're going to jump right into God's word here. This text where Jesus is having this conversation with people. Again, people gathered around Jesus. You know, if Jesus was alive today, he'd have hundreds of thousands, millions of probably TikTok followers all wanting to, you know, follow him. There was no TikTok those days, no Instagram, no Facebook. If you're on Facebook nowadays, you're probably too old. Most of the, everyone else on TikTok or Instagram. But you know, all these people gathered around him, and he's talking about what it means to follow him. And, and he uses this idea, this concept of planning. You know, he, he's talking about this idea of like a budget to talk about what it means to follow him. Let's read these words here from Luke chapter 14, verse 28. Jesus says these words. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. You would first sit down and figure out what it costs. Sounds like a what? I'm so glad you didn't say budget. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a plan. It does. He's, he's, this guy's saying, look, if you're going to build this, you don't just start pinning down the foundation. You call up Bob Schmidt and say, hey, could you put the foundation for me? And you get that done. It looks nice. And you look at your, like, oops, I don't have any more money. I got a nice foundation, but now my tower can go up. 
No, you put a plan together. You, you, you kind of measure the cost. You have an understanding of what it is. So again, today's very practical, and, and it seems kind of weird in some ways to talk about it up front here on Sunday morning, but our relationship with God and money is an opportunity for us to grow in Jesus and share his love. So I brought my like Vanna White whiteboard up here and use a whiteboard to kind of talk through this. And as we do this, I want you to keep this in mind when we talk about our budgeting and money. Budgeting plan, budgeting tells your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. I don't know how many of you have been there before. I've been there before, you know, where I'm like, where did the money go? I mean, it's one thing to say, I just ran out. I'd like to use more. It's another thing to say, I just have no idea. And so a budgeting, a plan, tells your money where to go. So again, let's get again to the basics of budgeting. I'll give you just a couple key steps, you know, how we put a plan into our lives, how we understand that. So I got my whiteboard here. My marker here. I look for some extra gigantic, like, big markers for the whiteboard. They don't create those. So I got to live with this. First thing, you know, we talk about this. That one's not going to work. I'm going to change markers. We talk about income, right? Okay, I just make sure you guys are following here. Kind of line down the center. You can do this with a piece of paper at home. And then you talk about expenses. X. That's close enough. <laughs> you know, you get to a whiteboard and you're like, I can't spell. I am really good at spelling, but not here. So we talk about our income and expenses. Pretty simple. And the idea is that if you, you know, want to know how to do a budget, you list your income and list your expenses so you know what you got going on. So, you know, when we talk about income, you know, what is our income? Well, you know, income, and everyone's income is a bit different. If we imagine that you're a dual income, your husband and wife who are working in the household, you both work, maybe you bring in $60,000 a year after taxes. Why after taxes? Because that's easier math, and while I can do some math, math is not my favorite thing. So you got your $60,000 right there, which is how much per month? Okay, just make sure that someone out there can do math. So that's $5,000 a month that you have for your income. Now, you might, as part of your income, whether you're salaried or whether you're hourly, you might have a side hustle. I mean, a lot of us today have a side hustle, so we can have a little extra coming in. And a side hustle can be a great thing. It can be something that we really enjoy. It might be something we don't have to do a lot of work for. We got it up and running, and it just kind of feeds us some extra income. You also might have some other form of dependable, regular source of income that comes in. When I say dependable, you know, regular source of income, uh, maybe, you know, maybe you, you're part of the family farm and you get that rent check that comes in. It might only come in once a year, but you can spread that out over the 12 months. Some other source that comes in, you tally it out all up and then you have your income. Now, what I wouldn't add to this is, well, on occasion, I find a penny on the road and I put it in my pocket, you know, or, you know, I, I might get a check from grandma for 20 bucks. Um, you know, or I might do something else that might generate $30 this month, and then for three months, nothing at all, and then $65 the next month, and then a couple, couple dry months after that. You know, what is that dependable source of income that you can count on every single month? And then what you do with that is you tally that all up. You know, wherever you land at is your income, $60,000, $5,000 a month. Some of us are above that. Some of us are below that. Most of us in this area are probably somewhere close to that range, give or take. 
Now let's see if I can spell this correctly this time. Expenses. E-X-P-E-N-S-E-S. Whew! Why? I want the spelling me. Yes! Now I talk about expenses. There's a lot of ways to think through expenses. And one of the ways that I learned to do this years ago was from... Today, they're called Thriving Financial. How many of you know what Thriving Financial is? Uh, you know, they're in our Lutheran circles. You can make investments with them. You can do um, retirement planning. You can do um, life insurance and things like that. And they're really great. Before they were Thriving Financial, if you've been around long enough, you know there were actually two different groups that did this. There was Lutheran Brotherhood, and there was Aid Association for Lutherans. And so way back when Aid Association for Lutherans was, was around, they had this idea, these, this verbiage they used, that I thought, I like that. That makes things so easy when I think about expenses. And when they talk about expenses, they talk about really three S's. So these three S's are spend, save, and share. It just kind of just brings it all there. Spend, save, and share. So when we talk about spend, you know, we talk about two components to spend, two, two parts of spend. There is in our spend, there are needs. And the second one, see, you guys know this. Needs and, and wants. Because again, we say this, sometimes we think budgeting means we can't have any wants. It's okay to have some wants, but we can plan for those. Now, needs, what are some needs that we have? Yeah, is there, yeah we need housing, we need clothes, we need food, probably need, you know, some form of transportation, those kind of things like that, some basic needs that we have. And of course, you can build on those needs, because if you have a house, you've got a mortgage, and it takes, you've got to do things to take care of your house, you've got to have insurance, you know, if you've got a car, you've got to maintain the car, and, you know, pay for taxes and titles and all those kind of things. Clothes, I mean, I don't know about where you shop at, and, you know, maybe you go shopping at Amazon, Target, and Walmart, that's where I go shopping at. You know, so my, my fancy clothes from Amazon, Target, and Walmart. You know where it is? You need some clothes. Trust me. You need some clothes. <laughs> you know, we need clothing, and, and we live in a state where it can get kind of hot and muggy. It can also get cold, windy. So you need clothes. And um, you need transportation of some sort, whether you're riding the bus you know, using Uber, bicycling, walking everywhere, so you need a good pair of walking shoes, or, you know, driving a car. And, of course, we need food, which, by the way, if you need food, you want food, you're going to eat today, nothing else going on, right after worship, you go downstairs and have pizza. Try to put that plug in real quick. So we got our, our needs and our wants. So what are our wants? I'll give you an example of kind of a needs and a wants. In the near future, near somewhat vague, I'm going to need a new car. Because my car from 1994, the mechanic, when he looked at it a few months ago, said, I wouldn't spend the money it takes to fix it. I would just drive it into the ground. Great. Well, you know, one, car prices are a lot higher, so I'm a little hesitant to go buy a new car. Secondly, even though it's going to, you know, it's like I wouldn't fix it, I'll just drive it into the ground. It's a 1994 Honda Accord, and they're known for doing what? For going and going and going. So I might be driving this Honda Accord that needs some repairs, yeah, for another year or two. Now, I need, I need a new car. Now, what I want, 
What I want is something more like this, you know, Shelby Mustang GT, you know, 500. That's what I want. I mean, now Tim's going to go riding with me all the time. I, some other people might go riding with me all the time. The pastor pulls up in this Mustang, like, yeah. You others volunteer to ride with me? <laughs> you know, that's a need and a want. So I need a car eventually. Eventually, the Honda is going to die. It will not go anymore. Pray for not for a little bit longer. But what I want, and sometimes, you know, we have to balance our needs and our wants. I need a car. I really want the Mustang. But what I need is a car. And maybe the Mustang's out of my price range. Or maybe I could afford the Mustang, but I need other things, or I want other things more than I want the Mustang. And so I got to prioritize that. Needs and wants, you know, so part of that is, is thinking those things through. And, you know, wants, you might say, you know, I want to go on a trip. You know, I, I want to take a big trip, and I want to go see some fun things. And you say, but right now, it's not something I need. I need a vacation, maybe. I need to take some time away. But what I want is a long, extended trip, you know, or a cruise. And so can I plan for that? So that kind of gets us into the next part we're going to talk about. We talked about spend. I'm going to save energy and not erase my S. So after spend, we talk about save. You know, what are we saving? And the, and the saving, you know, you can save for, the car would be cool, you get three, you know, categories in saving. There is retirement, there is long-term savings, and there is short-term savings. Retirement. Retirement isn't only for those who are around my age bracket, kind of the middle part of life. We start realizing I probably have more years behind me working than I might have in front of me working. You know, I've encouraged, you know, my children, who are both young adults now, that you should put money away for retirement. And they're like, really? I said, yeah, you should. I mean, first of all, if you start putting money away now, it begins to build up. And you can start small and add to that as you go along. Because a part of that is planning for retirement, planning what you envision you want your retirement to look like. I mean, maybe you live in a house and you say, well, we're, by the time I retire, I will live in this house for 40 years, and I plan to work in my garden and work in my garage on projects that I like, you know, and get up and watch the news, go for a walk with a dog, come back home, and that's, that's my day. That's maybe all you want. You might say, you know what? I want to go and travel the world when I retire. And so having a plan for that. Understanding, you know, what we have available for us, because usually there's about three areas of retirement funds that we have. We got Social Security, you know, which we don't know how long that'll continue to be around, probably forever, but maybe not. And then we've got maybe a pension or a 401k plan, you know, and then you've got, you know, maybe some other investments that you made. But taking all that together and having a plan for it, putting it together, saying, what do I envision my life looking like when I retire? Whether my retirement is 45 years from now or five years or five minutes. Wait, I got a little bit longer than that. But having that plan. And then connected to, you know, the next part of savings is your long-term savings. Long-term savings. One of the biggest long-term savings that we should all have as a part of our lives, at least I'd recommend us to have, is, is called a contingency fund. Fancy word for emergency fund. An emergency fund. So when you do things, you, got, or you have a son like me who takes his bicycle, goes off a homemade ramp, flies off into the air, whee! But instead of leaning back so you land and kind of go down like this, you lean forward. So you go, cement, here I come! Whoop! Face first. 
I'm surprised they didn't break any bones. That might explain a lot, but I didn't break any bones. Got some stitches, though. You know, and that long-term plan says, you know, we have an emergency fund. So rather than always have to run to the credit card, which we did that for some years in our lives, begin building that emergency fund. And both our retirement fund and emergency fund, because it was now it's thriving, the aid association for Lutheran guy told us this young couple getting out of seminary, he should begin saving for retirement. And we're like, really? He said, do it. And he said, you should build an emergency fund. Now, most of us, studies show, have about three to $400 in an emergency fund. But what experts recommend is somewhere between four to six months of our salary in an emergency fund. Now, we're not there. And that, that could be an incredible amount. But part of that is a plan says, you know what, maybe I have more than three to 400. Maybe I, have, I don't have any of that at all. But I have a plan for what I, I want to get to. And so I can put, put money aside. I can say, this is where I want to be in, think about again, the story that Jesus tells, the guy putting a foundation, building a tower. This is where I want to be in three years, five years, or 10 years. Those long-term savings plans. Short-term savings. You know, what's the short-term savings? An example of short-term savings is that, you know, we save for Christmas. We didn't used to do that. We used to do like some folks do. You get the credit card, you buy nice gifts for everybody, and you take a couple months to pay it off. And realize, you know, at one point, you know, we'd probably be a lot better if we just put a little bit away every month. So come to November, we pull out 12 months worth of savings, and that's the, the chunk of our Christmas expenditure. Short-term savings could be anything like that. It could be that, hey, you know what? We do want to go on a 10-year anniversary cruise as a couple. We've been married seven years. We're going to save three years to get there and be able to pay for that. Short-term savings. We talked about the Poland mission trip. I mean, I've had some folks before say, I would love to go on a trip like that. That would be so awesome to go on a mission trip. I can't afford that. I said, well, you know, save for it. Whether it takes you one year, two years, or three years, put a little bit aside and slowly build up the money you need to go. So again, we talk about our expenses, we talk about, you know, our spending, our needs, and our wants, and then we talk about our saving, you know, our retirement, our long-term, and our short-term. And then the other S up there, oh, goodbye, little racer, is share. And I think this is often where most uh, pastors and churches start at, is in the share. Because we talk about give. You want to start here, and we're going to hammer this for like three weeks. This is part of who we are. It is part of who God has called us to be. A people who share the resources, the blessings that he has given us. And so this is part of how we plan this. Again, we talk about willingness and ability. I think, and studies show, that almost everybody that is here this morning is willing to share some of what they have. Sometimes we lack the ability to do so. And so one reason to talk about the budgeting is it begins to give us that ability and planning to do so. Talk about sharing. A few other things to talk about here real quick is one, I would encourage that we think, when we think about sharing, giving, you know, we think about percentage versus a set amount. You know, it's, you know whether you say, my, I'm going to give $20 a week or $100 a week, you know, whatever it is, that rather a percentage, and I'll give you an example of why. This couple from Omaha, the congregation I used to be at, Dick and Nikki, wonderful couple. And in their retirement, they had planned well. So their retirement was really pretty good. They were able to do some things and enjoy life. But they weren't giving the same amount that they had been giving when they were both working. 
And that really bothered them. We'd had this stewardship campaign and a building campaign for a future project, and they had shared that. And as we were talking with them, one of the things that we helped them understand, which was just really surprising and rewarding for them, is while the amount they were giving had gone down, the percentage of what they were giving had actually gone up. So this allows you to adjust, you know, wherever your income is at by percentage. Another quick example, you know, my wife, Carlene, you know, had a teaching job, part-time job at a Lutheran school, and at the start of the pandemic, they let go of some staff, and one of the first ones hired is one of the first ones they let go of. So we had to adjust our income. That's why it was good to have a plan. And one of the areas we had to adjust was you know, how we shared, because we gave by percentage amount. You know, and, and sometimes churches talk about 10%, and that's a great goal. You know, a lot of us may not be there, but it's also a way we can say we can gradually grow you know, the percentage that we give. So if our income goes up or down, or if our income is somewhat variable, you know, we give by percentage amount. So then the challenge for us is this. As we think about, you know, again, I said all the sermons we've had before the last three weeks, they all kind of, you know, threaded through each other and one another. As we talk about our resources that God has given us, this question for us to ponder. How does desire for security, happiness, and fulfillment Reflect. I'm missing an F there. Reflect. Reflect. We went through this, and I missed this during the rehearsal. We reflect on how you spend, save, and share. Because, again, we say money's a good thing, and money provides for us security, happiness, and fulfillment. How is that reflected in how you spend, save, and share? Follow-up question to that. Follow-up question is this. How does God's offer of peace, joy, and love reflect on how you spend, save, and and share. Because remember, money offers security, happiness, and fulfillment. God offers peace, joy, and love. And how is that reflected in how we spend, how we save, and how we share? And then, as we talk about this again, we talk about this because it's an opportunity for us to grow in Jesus and share his love. And it talks about how we can have both the willingness and the ability in the resources that God has given us to reflect his love for us. So as we do that, I'm going to give you a challenge, just a question to kind of work through and think through. The question is this, how does what you share demonstrate your willingness and ability? Because you can find a lot of these resources online, all kinds of financial advisors. Some of you probably would speak much more clearly than I could about budgeting and finances. The one thing that the kingdom economics does is so often we talk about what we spend and what we save and eventually what we share, the kingdom economics kind of flips it up the other direction. So the first thing we talk about is what we share. It doesn't mean we neglect the other things, but we consider all of that. And the first thing we say is we're going to respond to God's love for us in Jesus. And we're going to plan for our future, and we're going to take care of ourselves and our family. Growing in Jesus and sharing his love. Our relationship with God and money is reflected in that growth. And this is an opportunity for us to grow. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the gift of this day, for the gift of your love. Bless us, Lord, as we live in this relationship with you and our money. We pray, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.